Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on this Wednesday. Thank you all so much. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, subscribe to the channel, hit like. If you are listening in podcast form, uh, you can find this wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Always appreciate it. Coming up on the show today, a pathetic showing from the Toronto Blue Jays leads to a whole lot of panic behind this microphone, and we get into CFL power rankings. So thank you all so much. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK was there yesterday. Um, and you can also get in touch with the show by emailing CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. So we got some Blue Jays and we got some CFL coming up on the show today. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening or watching today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's get, I'm, I'm so fired up about this that I can barely stop, talk straight. Holy cow. Let's get into last night's Toronto Blue Jays game. Um, as you can tell from the uh, from the hat and for the third day in a row wearing the Blue Jays jersey. Ooh, showed a bit of skin there. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, rocking, the, uh, rocking the Blue Jays jersey, the 93. Dave Winfield wants noise. Well, Peter wants a fucking baseball team that can do anything. What a pathetic showing from the Toronto Blue Jays last night against the, the Texas Rangers. The last two nights, really. Just absolutely abysmal from the Blue Jays in what's supposed to be the biggest series of the season. Everyone has been talking about this. It has the eyes of the baseball world on them, and the Blue Jays continue to shrink and shrink and shrink in the games that matter the most. It's great that you can kick the shit out of Oakland sometimes and Kansas City. Great. Fantastic. This team has not shown one thing uh, in games against good teams for a while that makes you think, oh, th this is a team that, that can go on a run. And it's so frustrating because it's... It's not supposed to be this way. This is supposed to be the time where Vlad Guerrero Jr. shows the, the, the prodigy and all of the hype is real. And Bo Bichette um, steps up and the, the, the veteran experience of a George Springer comes through. And none of it. The top of the order, abysmal last night. Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. have had awful at bat after awful at bat after awful at bat. It has been the best way I can describe it is pathetic. And there are far worse ways we, we could be describing this. Just, just horrendous, horrendous at-bats from the Blue Jays. It, it just, at-bat after at-bat after at-bat. And it's just, it's the kids who are stepping up. Spencer Horowitz almost hit one out. Davis uh, Schneider hit one out off of uh, Araldis Chapman last night. You, you have the kids stepping up in big-time ways. That shouldn't be in place of Bichette and Guerrero. That should be complimenting Bichette and Guerrero. But no one is complimenting those two because they're compliment not compliment-worthy at all right now. It has been horrendous watching this team scuttle through the first two games of this series. And it, it just, it feels over the second the Rangers score a run. And it, it shouldn't because this team should be able to hit. And they're, they're throwing up the graphics that, oh, hey, look at this. Since the beginning of August, that things have turned around with runners in scoring position. Well, didn't last night. Um, and again, part of that is you got to play Colorado. You got to play Oakland. You got to play Kansas City. Those were supposed to be the get-right games. And uh, kind of, but th this is why 
I, and I was whistling by the graveyard on it, I will fully admit. This is why it was concerning that the Blue Jays didn't beat the Royals as badly as they should have, because now you face an actual baseball team, sorry Royals, and you're not even close. Not even close! It was, I was almost frustrated when they got two in the seventh because I had to keep watching. Because you knew they weren't going to come back in that game. That nothing about what the Blue Jays have shown the last two nights made you think they were going to come back in that baseball game. Just awful. All the way through. Um, the bullpen continues to struggle. Well, struggle is a bit of a, an overstatement, but uh, Jimmy Garcia can't get out of an inning without giving up a, a big hit. And now all of a sudden, Trevor Richards can't find the strike zone at all. He's ahead 0-1 in the count and then just takes a time clock violation, spirals the rest of the at-bat, walks a guy, and wouldn't you know it, guess who comes in to score? An insurance run for the Rangers to, to really put the game out of reach. Great. Fantastic. The, the amount of players that you trust in big spots for this Blue Jays team continues to shrink. And it's supposed to be the opposite this time of year. And it's just, there's no passion on this team. It's a lifeless performance. It's just up there, strike one, strike two, strike three, off we go. Strike one, strike two, strike three, off we go. Hey, look at that, we did a double and we get to do the fist thing. Oh, isn't that fantastic? And back we go to strike one, strike two, strike three, and down we go. Like there is just no life on this team. And I will be the first to admit last year, I thought this team rode the roller coaster. I thought they, they let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. I will gladly admit that. But this year, that there's just nothing. And I understand they wanted a more business-like approach, but they have taken the soul away from this team. It really does feel like trading Lourdes and, and Teoscar Hernandez took the soul out of this baseball club. It just, you get the odd one from Kiermaier, um, you, you'll get the, the odd little thing from a, a couple of other guys, Springer for sure. But aside from that, like it just... It feels like everyone is just moping around right now. And okay, well, let's see. Like Vladdy almost looks sad at home plate. Both like from a, a emotional standpoint and just a like, boy, this is sad. Um, it, it's that there's just no life. No life to this team right now. No passion, no anything. When someone does anything well, it's okay, well, can't wait to see who screws it up. Maybe that's just part of me be, thinking that because that's how it's felt all season long. Okay, well, second and third, can't wait to see what horrendous way they fuck this up with. I, I, I It's just, it's getting really, really difficult to watch this Blue Jays team. And I, I don't, I, I think that the failure right now starts at the top with, uh, with Ross Atkins. And I've harped on this before, and I'm going to continue harping on this. Last night was another example of the failure of this organization at the MLB trade deadline. Everyone knew this team needed another bat off of the bench, and Paul DeYoung wasn't it. And also, if you were going to panic and bounce him after 40 at-bats, you shouldn't have fucking got him anyway. But either way, that shouldn't have been your big move. I understand injuries happen. They need to understand injuries happen. This team was living right with injuries all season long. Somehow they've gotten away with it in the starting pitching um, rotation. But th this team was remarkably healthy for the entire season. And now they've come into a little bit of an injury issue and there's no reserves for it. Like, look, I, it, it's great. Ernie Clement did really well against Oakland and Kansas City. Congratulations. With... I don't want to say your season on the line, because there's still a few games to be played, but in the biggest series of the season, coming off of a pretty embarrassing loss the night before, with a chance to get back into a ball game with runners in scoring position, Ernie Clement shouldn't be your answer. And you shouldn't be 
one or two injuries away, and I get there are a few right now. To be fair, there are. With with, um, with Chapman and Belt and Merrifield last night, and um, and Danny Jansen. But teams deal with injury issues. This team was prepared for exactly none of it. That they have got lightning in a bottle with David Schneider. I don't want to say they got lucky because I mean that that is someone who the organization has produced. So that they have caught lightning in a bottle with David Schneider and Spencer Horowitz. Looks like he like he, he is the we don't need to get Brandon Belt. We have a Brandon Belt at home. Um, like so that's great, fine. But you shouldn't be a couple injuries away from Ernie Clement being up in this spot. Th- this team went through the entire year with the entire roster construction strategy that literally nothing would go wrong or else, yeah, well, don't know what the plan would be. Ernie Clement, it's phenomenal that you're 10 for 13 with runners in scoring position. But in these big games, you can't be relying on that. When there were players available, Randall Gritchuk, and I'm not the biggest Randall Gritchuk guy, but Randall Gritchuk passed through waivers entirely, was a throw-in in a trade, could have been had a couple of times by this organization. Instead, we're comfortable with a guy who most of the people in attendance last night hadn't even heard of a month ago. All due respect to Ernie Clement, he's been fine, but at this crucial time of year to be relying on so many kids when one or two trades gets you the depth that you need of major league talent when you're in a pennant race it is a complete failure for this entire organization like I said from the top with Ross Atkins all the way down Schneider has screwed up games um, and the players are fumbling the ball away. Like, it's just, it is so frustrating to watch what this Blue Jays team has fallen into here against decent teams at the biggest part of the year. And it's, it's just, it's so frustrating. So we'll see what the Blue Jays are able to come up with tonight uh, when they take on the Rangers once again. They have Kikuchi and Gosman going in the last two. They absolutely positively need to split these next two games. Um, And then who knows? It's just... So, so frustrating. All right, that's it for the baseball talk for today. All right, time to talk uh, CFL. I just bumped the desk so the entire everything moved. Um, Let's get into CFL power rankings. Coming off of uh, Labor Day and then the Labor Day rematches, um, a bit of shifting in the, the the murky middle that is the Canadian Football League. Um, coming in at number nine continues to be the Ottawa Red Blacks. I thought they had something when they came into Calgary and beat the Stampeders. I thought there was something with Crum. And by the way, there still might be. But I thought there were pieces on the, this team that maybe gave them the opportunity to separate themselves from the rest of the division. Well, they have. Just in a negative way. Um, th- this team just isn't there yet. I, I think they might have something in Crum. I, I really do. Um, but the-, the rest of the team is just not at this level yet. At eight, I put the Calgary Stampeders. Um, that's a, 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 a two close losses to, to Edmonton, and they are still ahead of the-, the Elks in the standings. But you needed a heroic effort late in that Labor Day game to, to come away with a win, and then you lose in Edmonton right now. Um... I just have no confidence in in what Calgary is doing. Um, offensively, defensively, I do not trust this team on a consistent basis. And I, I think the big thing, as we put Edmonton at number seven, is Edmonton has made that change at quarterback that I think has changed their fortunes. And again, 
Huge questions as to why it took half the season for Trey Ford to get put in there, but right now, this has added a level of excitement and a, a dynamic level to this Edmonton team that the teams below them in the power rankings just simply don't have. And quite frankly, teams above them in the power rankings simply don't have, but those teams have better rosters. Edmonton is not a team without uh, flaws. For sure that this is still not the best team in the, the Canadian Football League, but I trust their quarterback, and that the league's going to get a bit of tape on these guys and and start to, to figure a few things out. But I I love what the quarterback is doing right now, and I, I think that it puts Edmonton for me ahead of Calgary in the the power rankings when they're a couple of plays away from sweeping the Stamps. Now the, the Stamps could very much make that argument, but it, it just felt to me like Edmonton had a bit more had two wheels on or two hands on the steering wheel a little bit more than Calgary did in their back to back. At six, I put Saskatchewan to get the big win at home against Winnipeg and get the hell beat out of them um back in Winnipeg in the next one. Um but I, I think the win over one of the, the top teams in the league does at least get you above the mess that is football in Alberta right now. So I, I think for Saskatchewan, I'm I'm still not sold on the the quarterback. I think it takes Take just a couple of heartbeats too long for him to process and get the ball out. It's a bit of a, a slower throwing motion than, than I would like in a, a league with as much speed as there is. But he is uh, fine for, for what this team needs. And defensively, aside from giving up 51 points um, in Winnipeg, I, I still think defensively this team has uh, a few answers there. At five, I put Montreal. Just a, a tough couple of games here for the Alouettes. I, I think they are the fourth most talented team in the league. But um, Hamilton comes away with a win this week. So uh, Hamilton gets in that coveted number four spot. The best of the rest, uh, as you would say, below the, the top tier in the Canadian Football League. Um, but that, that murky middle with basically all of the teams minus Ottawa now. Um, it's so tough to rank each and every week. The top three continues to be relatively easy with BC at three, Winnipeg at two, and Toronto coming in at number one. The Argos with a chance to wrap up the East Division this week. It is crazy how dominant that team has been. All right, another short one today, but that is going to do it for the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. For those of you watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, like the video. All that stuff really helps as we continue to try to, to grow these things. Putting up a, a bunch of clips from the shows now as YouTube shorts, hoping to, to break the show's segments down into videos you can watch as well so you can get exactly what you're looking for out of this product. Um, so yes, help us continue to grow the YouTube channel here by subscribing and liking. For those of you listening on podcast, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. All that stuff really does help. Um, and yeah, if you are just listening, I'm putting every episode up on YouTube now. For those of you just watching, you can get this podcast wherever you can get your fine podcasts. You can get in touch with me. I am at PrimetimeKline, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. And you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Coming up tomorrow, hopefully I will be happier about the Toronto Blue Jays. We will get into the NFL power rankings and we will have our uh, Thursday night football review. So that's going to do it. Thank you all so much. And I will talk to you all 